So we're going to start talking now about how the Hillel was able to give over the Hasidisha perspective of things. So here's the story. The Hillel was one of the great Hasidim to whom the Mikla Rebbe and the Rebbe the Tzemach Tzedek, they would send the younger Hasidim to, to, to Reb Hillel for guidance. Uh, the minute was in Lubavitch that when somebody became a Hasid, before he was allowed to enter into Yechidus with the Rebbe for personal guidance, first you had to go to an elder Hasid to learn the Darke HaChasidus. Before you start going into all these things that the Rebbe is going to tell you, you first had to learn, you, you learn how to live like a Hasid, how a Hasid should be, act and, be, and behave. And only after being with these great Hasidim for a certain amount of time, then they were considered worthy to enter into Yechidus with the Rebbe. Now, they properly appreciated what a Rebbe is and what's expected of a Hasid. If you just like show up in Lubavitch one day without having a clue of anything, and you're just going to say, I want to meet the Rebbe. You don't even know what a Rebbe is. And what, the Rebbe's going to tell you to do something? You don't have a discussion to the Rebbe. You first have to build that, and then you can meet the Rebbe. Now, since he was extremely busy with his many responsibilities and his jobs that he had, the Rebbe would, we said, uh, travel to Kherson. This takes five months a year, you know. So Rebbe would enlist the assistance of two of his own students. And they would explain to each newcomer the ways of Hasidim, and they would oversee this new Hasid's guidance and development. And Rebbe called this experience learning the Hasidische Aleph base. While the elder of Hasidim would explain some of the main, the, the deepest concepts of Hasidus, most of the time was actually spent telling over stories. Stories of the Rabbeim or of one of the great Hasidim from the previous generation. And each story, I know sometimes you say, oh, I heard this story already. By them, every story was reviewed again and again and again until the newcomer, this new chassid, knew the story by heart, every little detail. And then they would ask him, after he knew the story by heart, they would say, okay, now what lesson could you learn from that story? Something to learn out. It's, the story's not just a story. Oh, it sounds nice and cool. I love this story. The point is to learn something out of it. Some, to correct something in yourself. To realize, oh, maybe I should be doing things differently just like Rebillo did it this way. To learn maybe your Shemaim, something, right? Avas Yisrael, how to serve Hashem. So after the newcomer shared his thoughts, the elder Chassid, whoever, whoever he was uh, learning by, would encourage him, Okay, now that you said those lessons, I want you to think deeper. <clears throat> Basically, he would train him how to use his brain to, to go to make it much, much deeper. And so he started thinking deeper and he found more lessons to learn, different things you could learn. And when he was unable to find anything else to learn out from the story, they would start giving him hints. What about something like this or something like this? Meaning, we're not done yet. We're going to keep going into the story deeper and deeper. And finally, they would open their eyes by explaining the lesson. The, the, the chast, elter the chast, would explain the lesson to the newcomer that the Hillel himself learned from this story. And this process provided young Hasidim with a new approach to life. 
which was a, a major part of Dark Echasidis. The pillow explained that putting the emphasis on stories, you might think a guy shows up to, to become a chassid, what's the first thing you do with him? Teach him chassidus. The pillow said, no, you start with stories. And not learning. Is, he said it's following the ways of the Torah. In the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, the third Chumash, Pasuk Beis of Perak Aleph, right? The Torah tells us what a person has to do if he wants to come close to Hashem. This is the whole purpose of the Yid's Aveda. Right? What's, what's the purpose of the Aveda? Is to come close to Hashem. Uh, yet, before that Pasuk, we have the entire Chumash, Barashas, and Shemais, which is basically full of stories. stories. Before you get to anything about serving Hashem. What does that tell you? That the, the Torah itself is telling us that if we truly desire to come close to Hashem, we first need an introduction of stories and an opportunity to go deep into each story on its own. In addition to hearing stories and their explanations from the Altar Echassidim, Every newcomer was publicly honored by the Bhil himself with a story and the explanations to these stories on the first three Shabbosim when they showed up to learn under him. And from then on, it was, it was stories that no one heard before. He would say new stories that, that he didn't say before. And from then on, those stories would be called by whoever that Chassid who showed up, it would be called by that Chassid's name. When the Daiv Zev Kazevnikov, another Talmud of Rebillo, he went on to become the Rav in, we mentioned it before, Yakatrinaslav, where the Rebbe's father was the Rav. So he first came to learn under Rebillo, and he was honored with the following story and explanation on his first Shabbos. Okay, this is a story he heard from Rebillo. So this is Rebillo saying the story now. The second time I came to the Mittler Rebbe was for Shvuis in 1814. Shavuos was Wednesday and Thursday, and the following Shabbos, Parshas Nasai, the Rebbe said another mimer. And the mimer was on the Pasuk, Nasai es Reish, which means to, you have to pick up your head, lift up your head. The Rebbe explained that someone is of, uplifted through Avas Yisroh, and the Rebbe then went on to different levels of tzedakah and other acts of kindness that, that show on true Avas Yisrael. And the Rebbe continues the story. The Rebbe then described in detail and at great length the kindness, that, that the kindness itself should be on the highest level, which is, you know how like we have by Spirit Soimer, you have Chesed Sheba Chesed, Gvur Sheba Chesed, right? So the highest level of Chesed is Chesed Sheba Chesed. Right? That's chesed in chesed. That is the highest level. In simple terms, that means that you have pleasure and joy in helping another yid. So, coming home, Rebillo says, I repeatedly reviewed for a group of chesedim all the maimarim that the Rebbe said. The explanations that the Rebbe offered were reviewed and studied. And uh, everyone was, was enjoying the sweetness of the maimarim. However, the saying of the Rebbe that chesed sheba chesed is having pleasure and joy in helping another yid was, that was taken with something much special. It was much, much more special than a regular saying from the Rebbe. It, it planted in us this idea 
of Avas Yisrael, and it emphasized that it's not enough to just do Avas Yisrael. The point is to do it with love and feeling. And the Rebbe finished off with a bring on this saying of the Rebbe for days. In the shul, where we were bringing, there was a Yid, who was a Tamar Chacham, and he was in his 90s. And he would often remind us that he, and not us, saw the Baal Shem Tov in Slutsk. Because Reb Hillel wasn't alive at the time of the Baal Shem Tov. And this old man, this 90-year-old, noticing our, our praise of the Rebbe's vert, right, about Chesed Sheva Chesed, he couldn't take it and he said, why are you so overwhelmed with this explanation? When I was a young man, I heard an explanation on this idea of chesed sheva chesed from a very big Tamar Chacham and a Goyen, a genius, the Parush Rav Zechariah. And he said, chesed is giving your old pair of slippers to a poor person. Chesed sheva chesed is giving him a nail to fix the slippers so that they could be used. Meaning if you just give him the slippers and they're broken, they can't be much use to him. So chesed sheba chesed is you actually give him the tools to fix the shoe as well. And when, so now Reb Doiv finishes off, he says when Reb Hillel finished this story, he used it to point out the clear perspective and the vision provided by Hasidus. He also mentioned the accomplishments of Hasidus in terms of Avoida. Reb Doiv he remembered Reb Hillel's main point, and that was to sum it all up, you must feel the other person's feelings with an inner feeling, meaning it's not enough. You see a guy, oh, he's going through a hard time, let me help him. You should look at that person that you know is going through a hard time, and that should make you feel terrible. It's not enough to just say, oh, I'm going to help him, you know, I'll do what I can for him. Another story, Reb Hillel often related the wondrous story of the Ger Tzedek of Vilna, Avram ben Avram. So I'm going to, in order to, I don't know how many of you heard of Avram ben Avram, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just quickly go over his life story. Basically, he was the son of Count Patotsky, and he was learning to be a guy, he was training to be a Galach. And he had a whole thing, he encountered a, a, a whatever, he, he decided he's going to convert to Yiddishkeit. And now the problem is, in a Christian country back then, there was no such thing as leaving the church. Meaning once you are a Christian, you're a Christian for life. And if you leave, we're going to kill you. Which is why Yidin who were, let's say, forced to convert had a very hard problem. Because even if they were forced... At the end of the day, the church said, listen, I'm sorry you were forced, but you converted and, and now you have to stay a Christian. Some countries were much nicer and they said, if you were forced, it doesn't count. But anyways, this Count Patotsky wasn't forced, right? His, he, he, he was a Christian his whole life and then he decided to become a Jew. So he had to run away from Vilna. That's where he lived. And thinking that his parents were convinced that he probably died. So many years later, he returned to Vilna as a frumyid. And he said, no one's going to recognize me because when I left, I, I looked like a Galach. Now I look like a Frumid with a beard and payas and everything. And he blended in with, with the Jewish community. And the Galach who taught him as a child recognized him 
and had him arrested. And although he could have saved his life by uh, trying to go against the death penalty, I think the, the, the Vilna Goyen came to him and said, if you want, I can get you out of prison using the powers of Kabbalah. The, the, the Vilna Goyen was a tremendous Makubal. He wrote Svarim on the Zohar. And he said, I can get you out. And uh, this Gerd Sedek, Avram ben Avram, said, no, I'd rather die al Kiddush Hashem. I want to show everybody what it means to be a Yid. And Itaka died. He was burned to death. And they took his ashes. They, 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 in the middle of the night, the Yidin went, and they, 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 took, they, covered, they collected his ashes, and they buried it in a spot. The problem is you can't make, a, you can't make a, a, a funeral for him because the Christians will find out about it, and they'll dig it up, and they'll put it in some dungeon somewhere, his ashes. So they just buried it near a tree. And he said that tree was... For any time someone wanted a, something uh, to daven, they, they would go to that tree and daven. By the, by the, it's like gate, there's no caver because there's, there's nothing, there's no body. It's just ashes. And they would daven by this tree and, and, and Mamet for years, for decades later, hundreds of years, 150 years later. Now, so he spoke, Reb, Reb Hillel spoke about the greatness of Avram ben Avram. And Reb Hillel explained, he said the level that he got to only a few, only very few Yidin could ever get reach such a level. The Gerd Sadek took upon himself and accepted the way of that time of serving Hashem. Meaning at that time the accepted way of serving Hashem would be to die al Kiddush Hashem. So basically the idea was in those days that you do something called self-affliction. You torture yourself. Well, we see even even someone like uh, Reb, uh, pit, uh, Reb, um, who, who do we say? It was rolling around in the ants. Um, oh, Shmuel Munkus was rolling around in the ants, torturing himself, right? That was, that was considered the accepted way in those times. And he said after becoming a Yid, he would go into the woods and he would lie down in a place where there was tons of ants and he, they would crawl all over him, this Avram ben Avram, and they would bite him. And when one would fall off, he would pick it up and he would put it back on his body and he would say, Oh, eat away the bad stuff of my body. Guys, gosh, miss. And he reasoned, listen, the body is the source of all bad and evil things. So you have to destroy the, the feelings of the body through pain and suffering. And this approach, Rapillo said, was the accepted approach of many Talmidei Chachamim before Hasidus was revealed to the world. Hasidus revealed the importance and value of the body of a Yid. A mitzvah could only be done when the neshama is in a body. If you have a body lying there without a neshama, it's, it can't be, you can't do anything. You can't put filling on a dead person and, and he gets a mitzvah. It doesn't work. And this is what the Chachamim meant when they taught us that one moment of tshuva in this world is equal to the entire world to come. Because only in this physical world can you do mitzvahs. You can't do mitzvahs in Gan Eden. It's too late. And he would also say that that was one person he would speak about, Avram ben Avram. He would also speak about the very famous Sadiq, the mayor of Rottenburg, the Marami Rottenburg, who was a very famous story. He was imprisoned by the Kaiser of Germany. The Kaiser was the, the Caesar, the, the emperor of Germany at the, at the time. And he was held for an enormous ransom. And now the rule is, ransom is that they, 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 they say, if you don't give me money, if you want him released, I want... Ten million dollars, something like that. Now the thing is like this: 
according to halacha, if a, if a yid gets kidnapped and the goyim say, we want $10 million, otherwise we're going to kill him. So the halacha is, you don't, you don't save his life. Because what's going to stop them from, they'll, they'll, let, they'll let him go after you give $10 million. They'll, they'll know that they can get money so easily, they're just going to go and start kidnapping people all over the place. But if you say, no, we are not ransoming people for crazy, meaning it's one thing if they say something like $1,000, so it's, it's not so much money. But when they want a crazy amount of money, you say no. Now, that applies to a regular leader. However, someone like the Maram Rottenberg was the Nasi of his generation. He was the leader of all the Yidden and the Ashkenaz in France and Germany. And he, the halacha is that for the leader of the Yidden, you're allowed to pay any amount. But the Maram, his student, the Rosh, Rabbeinu Asher, the, the, the Balter, Father Balter, so he, um, he collected the money and the Maram said, no, I don't want you to pay it. Because if what do you pay, you're going to release me. You know what's going to happen? Every mayor of every town is going to just arrest the Rav and say, oh, if you want the Rav released, we want X amount of money. And he spent the rest of his life in jail. And even when he died, they wouldn't release his body. Until there was one guy who came, years later, after he passed away, there was a wealthy Yid who heard about this tragedy and without, he didn't have to raise the money because he was very rich. And he just spent the, all the money that he needed and he redeemed the body of the Maram in Rottenberg. And, and, and they bury him in a Jewish cemetery. They know where, they, they know where it is till today. There's cave where we know where it is. This is talking about hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this story. In, in, in the, before the Shulchan Aruch was written. Much before. So anyways, the mayor, and we'll finish the story next time.